You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Before we jump into our regular episode, I am going to tell you really quick about a class that is starting with Hallie Roderick. She's a betrayal trauma coach. She is amazing, and she was on her podcast not that long ago talking about infidelity and her specialized work with infidelity. And she has a new class coming up called Choosing to Stay. It begins January 9th, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific. And for men, Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific, it is a 12-week course where she goes into people who are choosing to stay after infidelity but still find themselves struggling to emerge from that darkness. And so the big question becomes like, how? Like, what do I do? What steps do I need to take? And so she does them in small groups, only three to four individuals. So you get really individualized support, connection with others who are going through a similar experience. And she is, her training, her professional coaching training was specialized in trauma. So she will go through and talk about how the nervous system is affected with betrayal trauma, help teach men how their wife's nervous system has been affected. There's this focus on learning how to trust yourself. And once you learn to trust yourself, how you can start opening up the idea of trusting your partner and then just skills and tools. So I didn't want to go any further into the episode until we took a minute and just talked about this class because for those who have taken it in the past, we have had such good feedback and Hallie is amazing. So if you want to go back a couple episodes and listen to our episode with Hallie so you can hear more about what she does. Highly recommend it and highly recommend this class. Thank you for joining our episode today. Amy and I are doing exactly what we preach to you, which is so hard. We are doing self-care. So instead of recording today, we are sharing an episode with you from about a year ago. And it is so timely because here we are in December. December is crazy. But December takes us into January, which is a time often of reflection. Where are we now? Where do we want to be? And where do we want to go? So today's episode that we're sharing with you is all about recognizing that when we go through something hard, especially when it's at someone else's choices, we are a victim in that. But we don't have to stay in that place of being a victim. And so what we want to do is we want to move into surviving and being a survivor But from there, we can go through life and keep surviving and still feel miserable. And so we want to move beyond just surviving. We want to move into thriving. So this whole episode talks about that victim survive and thrive and how to move forward. And as you're looking at where you want to be in this next year, how you want to grow, this is a great episode for that. So While Amy and I are with our loved ones doing a little bit of self-care, enjoy the episode and stay tuned because coming up here, we have some really fun episodes. We have an episode with a polygraph examiner 
all the things you need to know about polygraphs. That's coming up. We have an episode with Tony Overbay talking about emotional immaturity and narcissism. And then, um, as I said last week, Amy has her new podcast for women who are going through divorce, The Empowered Divorce. And then Luke and I come in January, have a couples podcast that will be in addition to what we're already doing here. So Amy and I each have our side podcast, but this one, this place you have for betrayal, trauma, and healing, still going to be here, still going to be a resource. We're just offering even more for you. So as always, thank you for being with us and part of our conversation and um, enjoy. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thanks for joining our conversation today. Alana and I are excited about this topic, even though it's another one of our heavier ones, ones that we tend to <laughs> worry about. I'm going to I'm going to expose ourselves right now. Some of these topics when we're talking about like how we're going to approach this, our brains typically go to, "Ooh, but maybe they don't want to hear this." And then we're like, and that's why we need to talk about it. So this is one of those. We want to talk about the difference between our thinking in terms of victim thinking, survivor thinking, and thriving thinking. So when Alana and I both work with our clients, our goal is to help them set their own goals that move towards thriver because they come in as a victim of someone else's choices and it's affected their life and it's affected their brain and the way that they think. And so we want to start with validating that thinking. When we talk about today, the victim thinking, I really want to encourage those of you listening to eliminate the shame or self-judgment or even the blame when you notice, as we talk about and point out different thoughts that are victim thoughts just maybe be aware of when shame and judgment and blame show up. And let's just be curious about that. Not, oh shit, <laughs> not go to that place. Okay. This is awareness. We really want this episode to be from a place of helping you become more aware of your thoughts and then helping you step into your power by choosing your thoughts. So when you're ready to start thriving, then we want to help you see what thoughts you can start practicing to move towards that direction. I love doing this with my clients and showing them the different thinking because, because really what it's doing for them as we go over this list, they're noticing, oh, I'm actually a survivor. Or, oh my gosh, I'm thriving. I'm thriving. And it's so beautiful because I don't know if you see this too, Lana, but I'm noticing more and more how a lot of women are actually moving forward, but they don't see it. And they still think that they're in victim mentality. But when I point out the difference, they're like, oh, wait. Oh, and it's so empowering. They're like, oh my gosh, I feel so good now. And then we just talk about how to celebrate that in yourself, that you did work. You're thriving. It is so cool to see that. I love it. I just, I love this. And I love this topic for the simple fact that this can be so empowering if we let it. So hundred percent, let go of the shame as you listen as you were describing the shame, I had this flashback to when 
I was probably six or seven months into recovery and I was at this, this conference that was talking about betrayal trauma and in it, they talked about the drama triangle or the Cartman triangle. And one of the roles you have the persecutor, the rescuer and the victim, and they start listing off the things that a victim, the way they see things, the way they think, the way they behave. And I remember just feeling like this sinking feeling that just got heavier and heavier of like, oh crap, that is me. And I'm like, I do not want to be a victim. Cause I don't know if you're listening to this, if you have heard like that term of, oh my gosh, they're such a victim and it has such a negative connotation. And so I was like, that's not going to be me. I have to figure this out. So I don't stay in a place of being a victim. And I just want to differentiate really quick that there is a big difference between somebody who is a victim to a situation or to somebody else's choices and somebody who stays in a victim mentality is so much more than just this happened to me. It now becomes the way you see yourself, you see the world and others. And we're going to go more into this, but that's what we want to help you step out of is not the fact that yes, this did happen and you are a victim to this situation, but Melanie Petey, she's an author. She says, you're a victim for a nanosecond. So from here, now you get to start moving forward. Now you get to move into surviving and thriving and let's help you get there. I love that. And yes, we're going to get more into it. I think that just realizing that we all have a story and the difference between, I think the difference between those who thrive and those who stay stuck is how, how we use the story to empower ourselves or not, or do we use the story to keep ourselves victim? Like you're saying. So even just asking yourself this question, just this question alone empowers you to change your life. How am I using my story? That is a beautiful place to start. I remember, so I, I had left, I think we were, yeah, we were already divorced and my ex would come, whether it was coming up to pick up kids or anytime I had to see him, it somehow would turn into this heated argument, but he would come at me and point his finger at my chest. You left me. You walked out the door. You took the kids. You divorced. You did this. And and it was like, and I remember just feeling, oh, oh, and I would just like crumble and even try to defend myself and not find words. And it just was this thing. And one day he was doing it again and it just something clicked. And all of a sudden I was like, hell yeah, I did. I just owned it. I stepped into my power and I was like, yeah, I left and I divorced because you're an addict abuser. Yeah, I did. And I, it all shifted. Everything shifted. And I never went back to that place of being a victim because I just owned my belief and my decisions. And I see that a lot too, is women just aren't owning, whether it's, I deserve to be spoken to respectfully. And they're used to being a victim where their partner is throwing the, they just maybe had a boundary, like walking out of the room because they don't want to be spoken to that way. And now their partner's coming at them with it and then crumble rather than, yeah, I'm having a boundary. You don't talk to me that way. They just don't own that thriving thought yet. 
And we're going to go into ways that you can start moving from this place of being a victim into this place of having a difference in thought, having a difference in attitude, practicing these behaviors, practicing these thoughts. We're going to go more into that and slow this process down because if you're listening to this, I'm sure that there's times that you're going, okay, but there's nothing I can do here. Like in my situation and in in my, if I told you all of the details, then I, I couldn't do that for all of these different reasons. So we're going to slow that down on how to break that up. One thing I do want to note too, is Amy and I come from different backgrounds. Amy is coaching background, which I have some clients who they get into coaching and they're like, oh my gosh, why did I spend all these years in therapy? This is exactly what I need. I have other clients who get into therapy and go, oh my gosh, why was I not in therapy? This is exactly what I need. And both Amy and I, we have different backgrounds, which I think is why this podcast works so well is because we bring both of our backgrounds. But what's really important as you're listening today to really decide for yourself what resonates with you for where you are on your own journey. Because there may be pieces that I throw out therapeutically that you go, yeah, that's not really where I'm at. I'm ready for something else. Or there may be things that Amy throws out at you with coaching where you go, okay, I'm not quite there yet. I want you to hear it all because when you hear it all, you need it all at different times in your recovery, but you have to decide where you're at and what's really resonating with you and what your next step is. So that's your responsibility in being part of this conversation today is really owning your own story, your own, really owning just where you're at. And it's okay that not everything may resonate with you from either of us. Yeah, I I agree. I think that is why this works in our conversations because we bring such, you know, different perspectives on some of these issues. But that just made me think of one of the things that I find happen a lot with this particular topic is that we, sometimes spend time in denial and even spend time in anger and there's nothing wrong with this. I think that if you find yourself again, noticing that you're in maybe denial that you have victim thinking thoughts right now, or you find yourself that you're, wow, I'm still really angry about it all. I just want to validate that. And in no way are we trying to push you into something else. Just like Alana said, it's that awareness. I am so big on helping women just be more aware of what is possible so that what you can work towards at some point when you feel ready, seeing and being aware of maybe the thoughts that your brain's offering you that you don't even realize it's offering you. There is so much power in that. So I am all about bringing just more awareness and So if this brings more awareness and it's uncomfortable, let uncomfortable be there with you. It's totally okay. All right. It's necessary for your healing. Yes. And as you're talking, I thought of an analogy of a GPS in a car. We want the destination of where we're headed and what that looks like in the GPS Because if we don't, then we're going to get all sorts of random (laughs) instructions to go all sorts of different directions. And we may be driving in circles. You may find yourself going round and round. So rerouting, rerouting, (laughs) stop rerouting. (laughs) What we want to do is give you, give you that thriver destination. 
here's what it looks like. Here's what it sounds like. And then help you have some tools of navigation to get there. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go over a few of these thoughts. A victim thought would be something like, I don't deserve nice things. I don't deserve healthy. I don't deserve a good life. I don't deserve a healthy relationship. That is a victim thought. Now a survivor thought. So now you're moving into a different space, healthy, healthier space. It would be, I'm struggling for reasons and a chance to heal. I know I need to, but I'm struggling a little bit to find reasons as to why I actually need to heal. That's, do you see that awareness shift? Like that just really that shift there is because you are now aware that it's possible. We're just struggling to find out and believe reasons. So that's a shift. And then a thriver thought looks like gratitude for everything in life. We're just stepping into gratitude, which I, this one resonates with me and I'll just like bring this real time. I think I've shared this before, but I'll never forget the, when that shifted for me. And that was when I was, I think I've told the story before, but when my car broke down and I, it was like a brand new used car and it broke down and I was so pissed and blamed God. And anyways, I just marched into my room and was ready to tell God off and kneel down. And, and I opened my mouth wanting to say, what the heck, why would you do this? And literally out came was, thank you that my children are healthy. And I shocked myself by that thought. And I was like, I was not planning on saying that. Why'd that just come out? And as I thought about it, and then I said it again intentionally, no, really, thank you. Wow. Yeah, I'm not dealing with any health issues for my four kids, which is so great because I'm single and I don't know how I would do that. And I was more intentional with that gratitude. And then I just spilled out more gratitude thoughts, didn't even mention the car, got up. And that shift did such an amazing thing in my body that that was a game changer. And I started to be more vocal about my gratitude and notice more things. I, I love the topic of gratitude and I don't want to get too off topic, but with gratitude, I remember the first couple of nights after everything came out, I could not function. I could not sleep. And I was up just all night long, my mind just spinning and I had this strong impression that I needed to write things I was grateful for. Mm. So I pulled out a pen and paper laying in bed. And at first I'm like, I'm not grateful for anything. There is literally nothing I'm grateful for right now. And it, I sat with that for a few minutes of there's zero things. And finally I'm like, you know what? I am thankful for a heater in a house. I'm thankful for food because I like food. That's it. That's all I got. I was still just so mad, but I just was like, okay, I'm going to keep writing until I fall asleep. I think that first night I got eight or nine things on my piece of paper, but somehow I fell asleep. And the next night I get back in bed and my head is spinning and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just write things I'm grateful for. And they started to get a little more in depth. I remember very clearly going, my husband's not on this list. That's never going to be on here. Like I'm not thankful for him. I'm not thankful. And then my brain wants to go down this road of all the things I'm not thankful for about him at the time, but then I had to like reroute. And I did this for weeks every night, just until I 
couldn't write anymore. And I fell asleep in gratitude and I would sleep all night long. And I'm not saying the gratitude was this magic. It made me sleep all night, not long, but it shifted my brain. It gave me something that I could see that life wasn't all black because that's what it felt like. It felt like the darkness was so heavy and so black that there was no light. And these little bits of gratitude that I could find became stars in the darkness. And they were so essential for my moving forward. I I just, I know we're not talking about gratitude today, but seriously, this is sparking so much in me and it really does absolutely shift your thoughts. So what comes to mind is women who are scared to leave the marriage or the relationship because of the thought of, well, you know, I can't work. I'm not capable or I don't want to. And that just seems horrible of that I have to work. And I remember thinking the same thing. And here I am cleaning houses and apartments and buildings, whatever, all, six days a week, all freaking day, like seriously, sometimes 20 hours a day, not kidding, miserable. And I was miserable until I did the same thing. I was like, I am so grateful that I am making money and supporting my children. I am so grateful that I have amazing clients who are kind and let me just cry and, and what's going to say a bad word and just moan and whine to them. Like they listen to me. I'm so grateful. I have a job that I actually stay active. My body is active and it feels so good when I'm scrubbing that tub, man, I'm getting anger out. So grateful. And it shifted the way that I showed up in my work. So again, that right there is an example of victim thinking to thriver thinking. So I just want you to know that you can apply this to anything. It's really remarkable. I I would encourage anybody to just try what you just said there. Absolutely. Okay. You can start with, I'm grateful for Amy and Alana's podcast. (laughs) You are welcome. Uh, I just gave you one. Okay. So here's one that came up with a client the other day, by the way, we're pulling a lot of these off of a worksheet that we will make available on the website after on victim survivor thriver. But this one's from, I heard a client say it. She said, there are no healthy relationships. So why should I even expect one? Ooh. Yeah. And I just like, first want to validate them. It can absolutely feel that way. When you go through this and the person you thought could, you could trust the most shows to be untrustworthy or does untrustworthy behavior, then yeah, that totally can rock your world. And once you start then talking to other people, and often as you're in recovery groups and more people start learning your story, you hear more and more to where it begins to feel that is very true. There's no healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. All guys cheat. All guys are pigs. Things like that. Totally not accurate. But in that victim mentality is why should I expect one? There's nothing I can do. That hopelessness, which if we believe that and we stay in that place, what a sad, dep- sounds mean saying this, but what a sad, depressing way to live. What a sad life to have. So if we want to move into survive, that's going to look more like my marriage is struggling and I'm working on healing, right? We're making room for what is, and we're owning that, that we, I, me, myself, I'm working on healing yeah, and a driver steps into, I can show up healthy in my marriage. I, me, I can show up healthy in my marriage. So now we're thriving to where 
if this person is not doing it, if this person, I don't need them to be healthy for me to start showing up in a healthy way. And maybe that healthy is I'm investing in my marriage. Maybe my healthy is I go, actually, this is not okay. And I need to step out of this, but either way I can show up healthy. We are fully empowered, fully stepping into our power. Yeah. I love this one. And I'm going to, I'm going to include women who are divorced because how I can relate to this is, is when I thought this thought, like there's no good men out there. Why even try? I'm never going to date men suck. They're all whatever cheaters, abusers, blah, blah, blah. This is why I think at some point, like we said earlier, that when you notice yourself in victim thinking, it's, it is serving a purpose, but we don't want to live there. But what's coming to my mind is when I was in that space, what that did actually for me is save me from jumping into dating when I was not healthy or ready. Mm-hmm. And so I, I noticed that mentality of, I'm not going to date men suck. I'm just going to be single for my life and God's got someone in heaven for me and I'll just wait. Like that was my thought process. That was actually a good thing. Here's where I would encourage you to validate that. Let that be okay, but let's add something in there. And that would be this shift to survivor. And, And so maybe we're not ready to thrive, but let's just maybe shift a little bit. And I would love for you to use this time where you believe right now, men suck, you're not going to find healthy to focus on you. Like what you were saying there, it's okay. I don't need a man. I think that's actually really healthy when you're coming out of an unhealthy relationship to really see that who you are, what you're capable of and learn to love you first, because quite honestly, unless you get to that space, I personally don't think you're ready to date again. I think that you're just going to jump into more unhealthy and codependency. So I don't know. That's where my mind just went with that. Oh, totally. And a lot of the victim mentality can fall within that part of you that needs to self-protect. Yeah. So naturally when you have been so wounded, it's okay to take some time and lick your wounds and let them heal. That is absolutely okay. We just don't want to live there forever, which is why we are trying to, and hopefully you're getting this as we're talking. So we're trying to just really slow this down to show victim, survivor, thriver. And the thing with the victim mentality is again, if you are a victim and you are wounded and you are hurt, there is a season of needing to heal. There's a season of absolutely letting yourself be where you're at. Because when I have a client show up and she's in the very beginning of it, and she's already trying to figure out how to be a thrive. And she's trying to step into that instantly. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. slow down. We got to Let's be where we're at. What's yeah. going on right now. What's really happening. We will get to that. So it's funny because sometimes I have clients that it's like, they're really stuck, but then I have other clients who don't make space for the fact that they were a victim in this situation and are so eager to just want really to be out of pain. So they're trying to jump to thrive, but really as you move from victim to survive, to thrive, we don't skip over survivor and we tend to oscillate a little bit between them. We might go from a victim mentality to survivor, back to victim, to survivor, to thriver, back to survivor. And we can bounce around and that's okay. 
because that's yes. part of healing and growth. Yes. I love that you brought this up. This is what my therapist had to do with me because it, it is, this is, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, I might just be super weird, but I remember saying, I've just been surviving. That's kind of how I felt. I was just trying to, I was barely surviving and I was in survivor mode in my marriage. And when she showed me the difference in thinking, I actually realized, no, I was actually living in victim mode in my marriage. I wasn't surviving. I'm now surviving because I'm out of it and I'm seeing that I need help and I need healing and I feel like, okay, I think I can do this, but that hopeless and I'm not worth it and feeling alone and then damaged and hiding my story from people. I didn't tell people everything that was victim. And so there was a lot of use in, in my therapist showing me, no, this is actually where you've been living. And that awareness was hard, but so necessary because then I could see where I was at now and that progress and then where I want to go. So interesting. And even with that, this victim survivor thrive, I love to have clients do it and circle, like I'll have them printed off, circle where they're at. And then a few months later, we come back and we circle where they're at. And then we pull out the old one and we see have we moved forward in any of the areas? And most of the time they have that they've been able to work on it. And I think celebrating those wins is really good. Yeah, it, it really is. It's so empowering. I've noticed too, that when women do this, they'll go, Oh, you know, I'm just in survivor. They're even looking at survivor as negative. And so I would just encourage you like that is a beautiful space to be in as well. So don't judge yourself when you're doing this, even if you're like, no, I'm still in a victim. No, we don't need to feel shame about that. Let's just be aware of it. And let's see, maybe are you just choosing to let your brain run the show right now? Or are we choosing to be here? And then why? What's, why are we there if we're choosing it? Where are we getting from that? Let's just get curious. So like, for example, another one is believes that everyone else is better and stronger and less damaged. That is a victim thinking when you just are looking at people around you, which, oh my gosh, I remember doing this, right? In church, especially <laughs> no one else is having these problems. It's all me. Something's wrong with me. That kind of thinking. I'm the one that's damaged. Okay. Survivor is coming out of hiding to hear others and have compassion for them. And then eventually yourself, what would that look like in real time? Like what, let's give them a situation that that plays out in the coming out of hiding. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Coming out of hiding to hear others and eventually have compassion for them. And then yourself. Yeah. I think anytime you're doing any group work, you're making space for your own story now, right? You come with these other people and you're sharing and saying, this is why I'm here. This is what's going on. And as you listen to them, how often have you sat in a group and you've heard other people share what's happening for them? And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Like you want to just wrap them in your arms and take care of them. And then with time, you start going, oh, wait, I am worthy of that love and that compassion. Can I start giving that to myself? Because a lot of times the messaging we're giving ourselves is things along the lines of, why aren't you more healed? 
Why aren't we moving faster? Okay. Yeah, that hurt, but we need to just stop feeling pain and get on with our lives. Like we tend to be so hard on ourselves. And so as we have that compassion for other women who are in similar journeys, then we can start practicing it on us. And that pulls us into the thriving, which is more of living with an open heart for ourselves and for others. So as our heart gets healed, because we've been able to be self-compassion, be compassionate, because we've been able to show love for others, then we can start seeing the world with more of an open heart. It doesn't have to be so guarded and so protected. Yeah. So I'm going to plug the worth program that you're director over and you and I both lead groups in there, but I'm going to plug it because to your point, I think there's a lot of women that are scared to go into groups and do groups. And I would just offer you to consider that this would be moving into survivor and then eventually uh, thriver. We have lots of women who go into their own support group. And then as they notice their heart is opening and healing, they want to be mentors and they now lead the mentor groups that we have. And so it's a beautiful thing to watch these women progress and worth provides that opportunity for you to move from victim survivor thriver right there. So there's my plug for worth. Well, and, and I'll do a plug just for Amy and I, and what we do is Amy does small group coaching. I do small group coaching. If you want to be in a group with Amy or I, it's possible. And so you can have us work through with you these things on a much more personal level. And what's so cool is you hear some other, another woman being coached and worked through on some of these things because you're watching it through somebody else. You're able to go, oh, I see that because I can see that in her. Oh, that is me. And so sometimes that can help us see our own stuff. So just a side note, yes, I'm totally shamelessly plugging us, but services.com. Okay. So here's another one. And this one, I want to be tender with just because I know if you're still in this victim place, it feels very raw and very tender, but you feel often wounded by unsafe people. Mm-hmm. And when someone's been unsafe and you're already wounded, like, yes, of course you are going to feel wounded by a lot of people. I remember when everything first came out, and, and honestly, for probably a few years after, so many people in my life went into this category of unsafe and they would even blink wrong and my feelings were hurt. It was just, it was very difficult in this stage. So stepping into survivor is learning how to be able to protect yourself. And as you're protecting yourself, you're able to practice maybe being a little vulnerable or putting your, your toe in the water and then checking for safety. And if it's safe, okay, awesome. I can move forward. And if it's not safe, because you tested that water, you can pull back. And it's really learning to trust yourself, to rebuild your intuition, which often gets very damaged in this. And you start learning that I don't need other people to be safe for me because I'm starting to learn how to protect myself. Now, remember, survivor, we're still in the learning period. Thriver is I am protecting myself from unsafe people. I can do this. Yeah. And we just need to also be aware that this mentality is sneaky. (laughs) Like 
Mm. All of us have been harmed in some way. So it's really, it's easy to identify with being a victim and not even notice. So this is one of those, I think that just, again, gaining more awareness because when you play that victim in your life, you give up, like you said, you give up your power and it creates feelings of like helplessness and anger and even fear. So much fear I see come if, if somebody says or does something, you know, quote bad to you. So again, just think that at that point, realize you're giving that person your power and just imagine yourself just handing it over to them every time. Now, this doesn't mean you can't feel hurt and examine the hurt. Let's just own it. I, I tell this to my clients, like when we start doing thought work and teaching them that they can change their thoughts, that they want to feel different. All of a sudden they're like, I can't like his words hurt me. It did hurt me. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's just shift this a little bit and put step into our power with this. That means my thoughts about his actions are creating hurt in my body. And that's okay. That is totally fine. I'm chuckling right now because <laughs> I had a woman just say to me the other day that every time I say that's okay, she wants to slap me. Okay. So however you want to reframe that, but you get to feel whatever you want. Okay. I'm not telling you, you cannot feel hurt, but I think the difference here in the victim thinking and survivor thriver is just owning that emotion, not giving that power to someone else. So realize if you're saying things like he made me feel he did this to me, I have to do this or feel this way because of him. That is victim because that is handing your power over. So maybe just start with that little shift of my thought about that is that sucks and not okay. And Ooh, that hurts. I am choosing to think that right now, <laughs> totally different experience. And I just want to highlight. So what you're saying there is we still are feeling our feelings. We're still making space for the pain, mm -hmm. but what we're doing is we're not letting someone else have that power and control over us. And while I had a guy one time in group say, and maybe I've even shared this on the podcast before, but he said, you, you catch all these words and you just really focus in and he's like, why does it matter if I say it this way versus changing these couple of words? But the reality is, is those words, those thoughts that we say matter, they really matter. And when they shift us in different directions, one towards disempowerment and one towards empowerment, let's choose empowerment because that allows us to show up in our life so much more authentically that allows us to show up in our life so much more empowered to know that we're living in a way that works for us. And that's within our own value system. So well, for, for sure. So yeah, when you're able to handle it like this, you stay in your integrity and you maintain that equilibrium emotionally, but even maintain joy in your life. And if any of you've heard me describe my personal definition of joy. It's joy is not just happy. We experience joy because of the 50, 50, 50% negative, 50% positive. That's my own personal interpretation of joy, because I used to interpret that as 
just happy and positive. And so when I wasn't always happy and positive, I felt like I didn't have joy in my life and then something's wrong with me. So based on what I believe, even religiously, I think that I was created to have joy and because negative emotion was part of the plan, then when I experience both in my body and let them both be there, it produces joy. I love this. I love this topic. And if you think about happiness and sadness, those are two ends of a continuum, two extremes, right? And we so often want to, like our goal is I want to be happy. I want to be happy. I can't tell you how many people on the first session and I'm asking about goals. They say, well, I want to be happy. But if we always live in happiness, we're actually living in an extreme. If we are always living in sadness, that would be an extreme. And we are not made for extremes. And so I love this idea of joy being this 50-50 because that is bringing in all of this human experience. Because it was designed this way. That's why when I tell clients, that's why I say it's okay. Because it was designed this way. So nothing's really gone wrong when you feel these negative emotions. They are showing up for a reason. We just need to get curious as to thoughts that, you know, about why. And then we get to choose when we want and when we're ready to think and feel something different. If we are shoving them, resisting, avoiding, reacting, and we're not feeling and accepting that they're there, then you are, you're stuck and you're not going to have an experience that I believe was intended to have. I don't know. It sounds weird, but I don't know if you can relate to this, but I have felt more joy by being angry, like feeling anger in my body and letting it be there. And like my coach, my own coach, and <laughs> she's Amy, I need you to love your anger. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I've, I've been resisting that. But as I tried and been practicing, like I'm, I've been angry about a couple of things lately and not really embracing that kind of shaming myself a little bit for it. But as I've been stepping into this place of, I actually love that I'm angry about this because I'm really passionate about this topic. I really don't agree with a lot of things that are happening and, and I'm having a voice right now. I'm angry. I love that I'm angry. And as I've been practicing that, I'm noticing it slowly diminishes and I'm feeling joy because I'm really proud of myself for showing up, for not feeling shame and letting it pass when it's ready. It's weird to say, but it's a real thing for me. I'm going to chew on this idea of joy with being 50, 50, because for me, that's like a big mental shift. I had never thought about it that way, but it actually makes sense. I, for me, I've always just used the word of content. Like to me and content goes hand in hand with, if I have peace and contentment, when I can feel all of the things I need to feel, doesn't mean I'm going to live in any one emotion, but I can feel that, but then peace and joy go hand in hand with me. So anyway, here you are watching Alana process out loud. But <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I want, and there's tens more on this list, but I want to end with this one. It victim thinking is you place your own needs last. Ooh, yes. 
you place the needs of your children, your husband, your boss, your friends, they all come first and your own needs come last. And I'm going to add to that, not only your place your needs last, but you place other people's thoughts and feelings ahead of yours. Mm. Love that you added that. So survivor looks more like I am learning about my own healthy needs. And I love that the word learning is on here because the reality is, is a lot of times we don't know what they are and we haven't been taught that it's okay that we have needs. So really just learning what healthy needs are. And then to thrive is you start learning to place yourself first because you realize it's the only way to function and be able to help others. And I know with that one, even, even as I read that, I'm like, oh man, a lot of brains are going to push back on that. Placing yourself first. But this is so essential that you have to fill your cup to pour into other people's. And so it's when you get to that place of thriving, you have those boundaries for yourself, for other people that you take into account your own thoughts, your feelings, your needs. And that allows you to be so much more to yourself and to everyone else in your life. Yeah. So this is really holding on to your power, right? This is where we need to, to practice more. And so that's not waiting for someone else to give you permission to move forward. No one else needs to change or do anything different for you to give yourself permission to move forward. And if you haven't listened to our permission episode, listen to that one and giving yourself again, permission for what you need, giving yourself permission to think and feel what you want to feel and not waiting for others to give that to you. That happens so much, right? We're just waiting for someone else to do something different in order for us to have a different experience in life. That is not holding on to your power. You are not powerless. We were designed to be agents over our own life. And we were given power over our own life. Like it is a thing. It's set. All right. And no one can make you do anything and no one can create your life experience. That is all on you. Thank you, God, for making it so that in my situation, that my ex does not have to change or do anything different for me to have a different life experience or me to even feel different. That's beautiful. That's the God I believe in. I want to talk to men who are listening to this because I know we have men who listen to this podcast. And if it scares you of your wife getting more powerful of your wife stepping into her power. Cause this is very real. I see this in a lot of my male clients of what if she starts doing this and then she leaves me behind and you are one who you're really trying to work. You're trying to understand her stepping in your, her power is only going to bless you and your marriage. If you are doing the work and you are being that safe person, her stepping into her power is actually the greatest gift that she can give you. And I know that it's scary for you and it's probably scary to her to some degree too, but please make space for it because holding her down and holding her back 
is actually one of the most damaging things that you can do. Again, if you're a man listening to this, help her step into her power. That's what healthy couples do. They support each other in stepping in their power. And if you don't have someone in your life who's helping you step into your power, you don't have to have them there to do that. You get to choose to move forward from victim into survive to thrive. Allow yourself to be where you are, but keep moving forward. So thank you for being part of our conversation today. Thank you for letting us go somewhere that's a little uncomfortable. And again, if you find yourself with this victim mentality right now, don't beat yourself up. It just gets to be a a starting place of where you can keep healing and moving forward. Amy and I have full confidence in you that you will get there if you just keep doing your work. So thank you for being part of our conversation today and we'll see you all next week. If you need help finding the right coach for you, then visit our website, chooserecoveryservices.com and check out our amazing team who are here to help you choose your path in recovery. Each of our coaches have experienced their own healing and recovery work. So you are not alone. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Take care, everybody.